Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. In uncertain times, uh, we need to turn to a certain God. Sometimes we need to turn off some things and turn on some things. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter number 12, I'd like you to turn there. And by way of introduction, in verse number 25, the Bible says, Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. The sadness down here that people are experiencing, you could say is just heart-wrenching. It's emotionally crushing. Um. The Bible says in this verse, heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop. Maketh it stoop. You ever stoop down to pick up a book? Um, You ever see an older person? They kind of stoop forward when they walk because of their age. And uh, this idea of making maketh it stoop, it's sinking to a lower place. Uh, Personal sadness right now is at an all time high. Depression is at an all time high. Mental mental illnesses and all that is at an all-time high emotional uh just you just dysphoria is at an all-time high uh social sadness is making the heart stoop (laughs) and uh this is this idea the heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop meaning it's sinking down to a lower place i think everybody can agree that this is where we're at nationally but the Bible says, a good word maketh it glad. What are good words? What are good words? Truth. The gospel. Kind, encouraging, and comforting words. I read this. If your comfort was in the governing powers of men yesterday and today is difficult. <laughs> but if your comfort was in the governing power of God, It was just Wednesday, and today is just Thursday. It's all in our perspective and where our hope and our comfort is. Uh, Hold your finger at 1 Timothy and get 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. And as you're turning there, let me remind you of another passage of Scripture. The Bible says, this is my comfort and my affliction For thy word hath quickened me. The word of God will give you comfort like nothing else will. Second Corinthians chapter number one, the Bible says in verse number two, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing in there about peace from Washington or the Democrats or the Republicans or any of the independent parties or any of the fact checkers or none of the news networks. Our peace comes from God, our father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. And that peace is an inner peace. It is a spiritual peace that is also comforting. It is not a physical peace. We're going to go through some trials and some sufferings and some tribulations down here on this earth. Just live life. 
as if 2020, all of a sudden, life was bad. Life's been bad. <laughs> People have been suffering with stuff for a long time. Look, I'm not trying to downplay what's going on at all. In one sense, I am just as frustrated as everybody else. But in the other sense, my peace and my hope and my comfort comes from God. Verse 3, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. People, I'm just so sad. I'm just so depressed. I don't know what's going to go on with the nation. I just can't go on. I got to pop some pills. No, you don't. Read the Bible. Get in a good church. Surround yourself with Christians that will encourage you. And get in the word of God. There's no reason for Christians to be down in the dumps. As if for some reason, I should be thinking that God doesn't have our back. I'm on the winning side. You're on the winning side if you're saved. We've got the victory. Look, just hold the fort. <laughs> just hold the fort. Then the Bible says, who comforteth us in all of our peaceful times here on earth. Nope. Who comforteth us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. All the policies that you want aren't going to get passed. The democracy and America as we know it, we are seeing it slip away. I haven't lost my comfort because of that. Jesus Christ is still on the throne, and that's where our peace, that's where our hope, that's where our comfort comes from. Hey! Let's tell somebody about Jesus. We can march down to Washington, D.C. They can shut down the Google Analytics so nobody gets directions. Thousands come from across the country. They wave their flags. They preach their message. And I'm telling you, if Christians in those numbers just went out to their own square downtown and say, hey, we got something to say about Jesus. He came to save sinners. Won't you trust in him? We would have revival across this land in three months. He's the king. And he's the Lord. And that's who we serve. First Timothy chapter number six. Let's get there. All right, here I am. First Timothy chapter number six. The Bible says in verse number 13. I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto whom no man hath seen, nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Am. Amen. 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 We don't serve the powers that should not be in Washington. That is not who we serve. They might be our powers down here on earth, but we serve somebody much bigger and much greater. And if you're trusting in the powers of Washington, and if you're listening on internet land, 
May I remind you, you do err not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. He is the one who Christians serve. And we can't lose sight of that. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1 verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believeth. And then it doesn't say to the, to the Democrat first and then the Republican. No. And to the Jew first and also to the Greek. To the Greek. It doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican. It doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Greek. It doesn't matter if you're a United States citizen or a citizen of another country. The Bible says the gospel of Christ, we can all come together as one. That's the power of God of the salvation to everyone that believe it. You know what the problem with our nation is? Everyone won't believe it. That's the problem. Times haven't changed. Yes, we're seeing something unfold in America like nobody's ever seen before. I get that. You get that. We all understand that. But if we don't get our focus back on the gospel of Christ, we are going to lose ground as a New Testament church and as the body of Christ. That is the power. No other power am I trusting in. No other power can overpower our powerful God. No other one. You have all seen and can all recall, and so can I. People that were so under the power and the influence of evil, that were so under the power and the influence of drugs or alcohol or just rabid sin, and the power of Jesus Christ and the salvation that he offers comes into their life, and it completely changes who they are. I'm telling you, we've got a power that's more powerful than the powers that should not be in Washington. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who we need to make known. That's who we need to preach and teach about. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2 that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Where's your faith? In what men in Washington are going to do or not do? in senators and in congressmen and in and in little deals on the side and little lobbying on the side and four and five and six thousand page articles of things that they're going to slip in that are going to just tear our nation apart at the fabric. I don't put any of my hope and trust in any of that. None of my faith stands in the wisdom of men. We have sinful men in every aspect of life. Why do you think politics is going to be any different? The Republican Party is not the savior of this nation. Jesus Christ is the savior of this nation. He is the one that must be made known. And I don't care if a Democrat standing in front of me. I don't care if a Republican is standing in front of me. I don't care if a Libertarian is standing in front of me. I don't care if a Patriot or a Constitutionalist is standing in front of me. The message I have for them is, hey, you're a sinner. Your soul's going to live forever. You're going to die someday on this world. And every policy that you think is going to have passed, is going to be repassed by somebody else because what you have won't stand the test of time and what we have will because Jesus Christ is the power of salvation to everyone that believe it. And if someone's standing in front of me or you, I would urge you, make sure you sit down and let them know Jesus Christ, our faith is in him, not in what's going on down here. I'm thankful I was born in the United States. I'm thankful 
that we have the freedoms that we have in the United States. I'm thankful that we have the liberties that we have, even though we can all agree we see them being stripped away. I'm thankful that I had parents that stayed together and raised me and cared for me. And it's great being born in America. I consider that to be a blessing. It's great to be living in the great state of Tennessee during these trying times. It's much better than having to live in New York City or Hoboken, New Jersey or Annapolis, Maryland or Silicon Valley. I'm thankful for all of that. It's a blessing just to be able to have that opportunity that isn't even our right. It's just, hey, it worked out. <laughs> I mean, you got a guy in California right now that's just as saved as you and I are that could go to jail for doing what we're doing tonight. We're not special. <laughs> we're just blessed that we weren't born there. <laughs> Do you realize how blessed, what a blessing that just that is? Not everybody's a multi-billionaire can just pick up and move the <laughs> we're not all Elon Musk's. We're not all Joe Rogan's. We're not all uh, you know, Ben Shapiro's. I praise God they can do it. But that local barber, he ain't doing that. He can't afford to build a whole nother network of business contacts and other time. They pour the life into it. Bible says, for Jesus himself testified that a prophet hath no honor in his own country. And in 1 Timothy chapter 6, when we read, Once I get my spot, I'll read it. When we read in verse number 16, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor. My honor goes to Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us that a prophet hath no honor in his own country. And I know we use that to say, well, you know, in our town, look, Wherever you go as a wherever you go as a Christian, don't expect to get honor. Expect to give honor to the Lord Jesus Christ, and prayerfully and hopefully He will bring others along your path, just like He has brought all of us together. You didn't come here. I didn't ask you to come here. God brought us here together through a variety of circumstances. Through a variety of life's unfolding, it's a God thing. God did this. God brought us here tonight to whom be honor and glory. The message that we preach and what we believe, we will have no honor in our country or in our town. It's only Christians can understand. Jesus Christ is worthy of honor, though. Then the Bible says, uh, look at it in, in verse. In verse number 15, which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate. Jesus Christ is the one who has great power and great honor. He should be exalted higher than any political affiliation. He should be exalted higher than any presidential candidate. 
He should be exalted higher than any other type of spiritual guru or anything in the spiritual realm. Jesus Christ is the one who is the blessed and only potentate. The Bible says he is the king of kings. I don't want socialism. I don't want Marxism. I don't want communism. I don't want what our country is becoming and turning into. But I'm telling you, I serve a king who is higher than ever than any president that has ever served. I serve a king who is the king of kings. He's higher than any president. He's higher than any czar. He's higher than any emperor. Hey, he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. I'm not worried. It might hurt us down here, but I'm not worried because we have a home in heaven. We have an eternal king. He ain't leaving us. He ain't getting voted out. He's not going to get impeached. Nobody's going to bring a charge against him at all. He's Jesus Christ. Is it your king? Is it your Lord? Let's get excited about him. I want to respect everybody. I try to. I want to respect. I, I do. Whether. I'll try to respect somebody that voted for uh, Sleepy Joe. I will. I'll try. I, I will. I'll, I want to give respect. I disagree on a lot of stuff. <laughs> but. We have a democracy. And I believe it's fair to say. That the underlying root cause of what has happened is, as Americans, we have lost trust in our system. The word trust has been swept out from under our feet. People no longer trust the news. People no longer trust their candidates. People no longer trust what you tell them at face value. The 1940s and 50s are over. I am not going to take that and parlay that into a doom and gloom, a sea of sorrow journey, because I trust God. And in uncertain times, you have to turn to a certain God. If your trust is in him, don't lose sight of that. I have Christian friends. We have Christian fellowship. We trust each other as we trust the Lord. And let's do that. Uh, a pastor, uh, Pastor Dave Howieman, he observes this. This wasn't a recent quote. But as we look at what happened yesterday, and as we look at what's been unfolding for the last decade, he, it, this, this pastor says, there was corruption, bickering, and a God-denying population in America in 1790. There may have been more dedicated believers then, right? We can all attest to that. Especially the senior saints can certainly attest to them. You've seen decades pass. But the major power brokers before, during, and at the end of the Revolutionary War were still corrupt humanistic men who put nation before God. Now, I didn't say that. Well, that's a pastor who's an historian who studied a lot more stuff than I have that says, look, if you think this is a new thing, let me help you. It was going on before, during, and after the revolution, people putting nation before God. 
I love America. I don't want to live anywhere else. I love the red, white, and blue. I don't want to be nowhere else. I love living here. I love being able to say I'm an American. But I am a born-again child of God first. And I'm praising his holy name and giving honor and praise unto him. You want to make somebody, you want to have a, a foreigner come over from South America? You want to make them a citizen of the United States? Or do you want to make them a citizen of heaven? I think we got it backwards. We got it flipped. Our priorities are on stuff down here. I stay informed. I try to as much as I can without losing my mind, like most of you. But at the end of the day, I'd rather see somebody get saved and know that I'll spend eternity with them than fight and bicker and argue about some of these earthly things where, to be honest with you, I don't know what or who to believe anymore. <laughs> All right. Psalm 40, the Bible says, he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. What's the song that's in your mouth? What's the praise that comes from your lips? The question I have is the Bible says many shall see it. Do people see it? And then it says, and fear God and shall trust in the Lord. If God has put a new song and he has given us lips to praise him and he wants others to see it and he wants others to hear about it. So that they would have a healthy fear of God, repent of their sin and trust in the Savior. The Bible says in Psalm 73, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. Man, for days this is going to go on. For weeks it's going to go on. Did you, did you see what those Trump supporters did? No, they were actually BLM members in disguise. No, they were actually uh, patriots from, no, they weren't. They were actually Antifa. No, they weren't. They were, and it's going to go on and it's going to go on. It's going to go on. And in the meantime, they're printing money. No, no, no. They're not printing money. They're sending it electronically. It's just going to drop right into your account. Boom, 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 boom. Hush money's just getting sent all over. Nobody's going to know what's going on. Confusion is going to be abounding. People are going to watch the news. Their neighbor's going to not watch the news. They're going to walk out to get the mail. They're going to get in a fist fight. Because somebody's watching One America and Newsmax. Somebody else is watching CNN and NSMBS. You can't say that as a preacher, so scratch that from the whole feed. Look, they're going to go out, check the mail, and punch each other in the neck. Because people have just gone, woo Stop trusting the news. Trust God. Stop telling people what you heard about Trump or Sleepy Joe Biden or Crazy Nancy. Why don't you tell them about Jesus Christ? That'll be something worth getting in a fight about. I'd rather get in a fight with somebody and get punched in the neck because I told him that Jesus loves you and wants to save you from your sin. I'm just telling you, we can get so off track that we don't know which way's up. Jesus Christ, he's the one, the Lord of Lords. Psalm 73, why did I say all that? Say this, declare all thy works. Let me tell you about what Jesus did. He's the Lord of Lords. All right. First Timothy six, verse 14. We'll, we'll wind down here. Verse number 14. The Bible says. Back up a verse that thou keep. Verse 14. This commandment without spot. 
unrebukable until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, what's this commandment? Well, in the broad context, it's all the commands. But in this specific context, go back and read verse number 12 and we'll get the specific context. Look what it says. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. You also see in verse number 14, watch what it says, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable. Who can do that? <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard. Until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. How should Christians live? I don't know if in five years or in ten years this is just going to be an afterthought. I don't know if the Lord's going to come back now. I don't know, but I know this. People living back in Paul's day should be living the same way we're living in our day. Waiting for the glorious appearing. Looking for that blessed hope. All, like As if I'm supposed to anticipate the Lord coming back more because this has happened. You weren't doing that in 2010? <laughs> if you weren't, you should have been. <laughs> All through the Bible, we're waiting in anticipation. We're loving the Lord's appearing. There's a crown for that. It's, that, that. That verse didn't get written like in 2020 after the coronavirus came. <laughs> that crown's been available for a really, really long time. People that love his appearing. Do we see things unfolding? We sure do. We sure do. But in the context that thou keep this commandment, the immediate context is verse number 12. And what's the commandment he wants us to keep? Fight the good fight. It's not fight a social fight. It's not fight a political fight. It is not. Now, if that's what you're involved with and, and you fight, and, and, you know, I want more Ted Cruz's in, in office. And I, I mean, I thought what he said last night was great. Uh, a Christian. I want more Christians in office. D don't you? <laughs> I do. Don't you? It's why we witness. Because if we witness to people, they get saved, and they're a professional politician, don't you think they're going to govern better? That's what we need. We need more Christians. That is why we're called to fight the good fight. What is it? Lay hold on eternal life. None of these policies are going to last forever. This government money isn't going to last forever. And the more we get distracted with fighting the wrong fight, the more we'll argue and bicker, the more we'll fight for liberty on earth. And believe me, I want it just like you want. It. When we should be fighting to liberate souls from the grips of sin and hell and death and Satan. Our fight is not an earthly fight, guys. Not a social or political fight. It's the good fight. Lay hold on eternal life. If you're a Christian and you're watching and you're not here tonight, you're watching on Internet land. Get in the fight. Get in the fight. Well, how do I do that? Well, we're going to be downtown on Friday, tomorrow afternoon, down the square. I'll say, even if it's snowing, and we're going to stand up for Jesus. We're going to hold up scripture signs. We're going to try to get some tracks out. And that's the good fight. Looking for somebody to tell about Jesus. Thousands traveled to D.C. yesterday. If you're watching on Internet land tonight, 
you're hearing my voice, why don't you travel down to the square? If you're a Christian and you're 20 miles outside of Cookville, Tennessee, why don't you do something about it? Why don't you go and stand for Jesus? We'll have scripture signs for you. We'll have gospel tracks for you. But it's time Christians get in the fight. It's time Christians stand up for Jesus and tell people about Jesus. Last verse and I'm done. Let's go to John. John chapter 16, and I'm done. Verse number 33, the Bible says, Jesus says in verse 33 of John 16, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. It's in Jesus. In the world, that's where we live right now, and it's control, this world system, God relinquished control, to the devil. And he says, in the world, you shall have tribulation. You can bank on it. Look at yesterday. <laughs> and you can go on down the line in your life and what's to come in this world. But be of good cheer. Well, how should I be of good cheer if I'm going to have your tribulation down here? Well, the first part of it is that we might have peace in him. We saw that in the first part of the verse. But here's the second part. I have overcome the world. We won the victory. We're in Jesus Christ. We have spiritual peace, comfort, and hope. We win. No, we won. <laughs> we won. We're just going through some junk down here on earth, just like God told us we would. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.